really delighted to be welcoming Lee here today. Um, Lee Lam, um, who I've got to know from last summer and has been fantastic in a number of areas working with SMEs to a number of other larger organizations. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it goes without saying that you, you've seen quite a lot in the current times, and as we were just <laughs> saying before this. Um, so, you know, it'd be great if you just give us a little bit of background about what you're doing, where you've got to, and what Lee Lam Consulting is. And, you know, I think it would be a good point to pick up from. Yeah, sure. So, hi, everyone. Um, so Lee Lam Consulting is uh, quite a disruptive consultancy approach, I guess. I specifically work with small businesses and startups at the very beginning of their journey to help them get set up from an operational point of view and the, str the strategy that they're doing. So when you're kind of too small to think that you need a strategy, that's exactly the right time to have it. So I work with um, one-man bangs all the way up to companies that are maybe looking for their one first or second round of funding to just get some operational things in place. Uh, but I actually work with um, an, any industry, it's completely agnostic, and it's done on a much more cost-effective basis than uh, some of the other consultancy models that are out there. So it is an affordable way to help the SMEs, in particular at the moment, get through uh, challenging economic times. I think that's quite interesting because you said, you know, you've got this new approach that you're working with at the moment whereby someone can be on the end of a WhatsApp message and know that you're there for support, which yeah. is not typical, is atypical, which is, yeah. is, is what we need more than ever at the moment in terms of where we're moving. Yeah. And I, I actually started it uh, when, the, when the company started up sort of four years ago. Because particularly with SMEs and startups, we go into a lot of meetings where a lot of ideas get generated. And coming out of that meeting and having an approach to say, this is so exciting, you know, do I drop what I was doing and pick this new opportunity up? It's at that time when that conversation makes the most sense. So actually having someone say, your plan was this, how does this fit in? How much work is it to, to pivot and change to this? Does it add to your brand? Asking all those questions in the heat of the moment. And that to me was something that was just missing from the consultancy. You know, if, if somebody says to me, what's the strategy of your business? I can't tell you, <laughs> but I can tell you in piecemeal as it happens. And it's really like real time consultancy, which for startups who are thinking of their business 24 seven, that's better than actually having those larger pieces of work that may not amount to much, but cost a lot more. In more than ever, last six weeks, the time we're recording this, May 1st, wow, it's already May. Um, yes. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you must be, you know, doing this day in, day out more than ever at the moment in terms of, you know, different approaches to working with people and seeing really the full scope of you know, where people, you know, may be falling down and, you know, new opportunities they're looking to. Is, is there any sort of, you know, you'd say common points that you're seeing that everyone's really struggling with at the moment, especially more on a sort of communication and more sort of team management side there as well at the moment that you're being asked on? Yeah, so I think what we've definitely seen in the last six months is a little bit of a, a flow from the initial panic of lockdown, where a lot of business owners were thinking very short term, quite naturally, you know, how am I going to get food do I need to pay people? How does my home life and my work life get together? So there was a, a lot of panic in that time. But as things calmed down a little bit and we got used to it, businesses did naturally start moving to how do I keep going through this and how do I prepare for what's afterwards? And obviously a lot of it is finger in the air because 
the lockdown has, is not going to be an on-off switch. We're not going to magically all reappear. And we don't know what the staging of, of coming out of lockdown looks like. So a lot of the focus now is on how do you plan for something that doesn't yet show itself. So that to me is my, my sweet spot. That is where I most enjoy working with businesses because it's contingency planning. It's understanding how to create a plan that's actually really flexible. So instead of thinking, this is what I'm doing for the next 12 months, you actually go, if this happens, this is going to be my response. And if this happens, this is going to be my response. So it's a much more flexible and fluid way, which actually in any situation makes you more agile to be able to react to things far quicker. And so we've had quite a positive um, outcome for a lot of businesses where they really do feel prepared to go out there. I think there's a slightly different conversation when we're talking about going through this point. So particularly with small businesses, they tend to be more emotionally invested. And when you bring emotions into business strategy, you ask slightly different questions. So for businesses that have actually seen a spiking demand right now, there's some questions around, is it right to benefit from this situation? Now, that, that is not a typical conversation for business strategists, right? Normally, you're like, this is brilliant. This is an opportunity to, to grow and... To profit uh, on it. You make the most of profit. what you've got. Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't feel and sit quite right with a lot of people right now. So trying to get them to understand how benefiting people right now is actually offering them hope. It's offering them something that actually makes them feel good. Uh, you know that's actually quite a good service to provide right now and just trying to reframe how they think about their business so that growth feels a good thing and not this emotional or it feels a bit strange to be benefiting from this situation is it fair to say you've seen a mix of less planning and more planning where you know some people have been trying to put something in place to come out of you know what the new post-covid world looks like as well as you know those that may just think no we actually just need to focus on community and there's not actually a plan you can do from that but we need to generate content we need to generate you know you know a lifetime value with people has it been a bit of a mix there yeah definitely i think there's i would say the biggest difference is the confidence of the customer base coming out of lockdown so for example we have some companies who their deliverables that were due at the beginning of this year have just shifted to Q3, Q4. Yep. So they know the business is there. So they can focus right now on that community, on that content, on just keeping visible because they know that the business is there at the end of it. The companies that are having to be a bit more fluid at the moment is that are those that don't know what that looks like. They don't know what their customer base is going to be thinking at that time. And so they, they're in that, do I move now? Comes from lack of experience, or do you think that actually comes from people, you know, being too, you know, set in their ways and not actually, you know, wanting to adapt there? Um, yes and yes. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, I think there is a certain amount of, uh, you know, there's a lot of business owners who will never go through this level of turbulence. Yeah. So whether you call that naivety or business immaturity both words tend to sound quite negative 
but there is this sense of they're learning about how to run a business as they're trying to run a business through one of the most difficult times in global history. So there's definitely a set of, they weren't necessarily as prepared for those risks going into it. Um, but I think also just there's, there's businesses who can adapt quicker. And part of that adaptation comes from the business owners. You know, as an individual, if you walk into this situation and you're able to come out of that temporary coping mechanism into a more long-term strategic, like, what do I need to do? If you can do that quite quickly, then you can get further down that line. What I've tried to do with um, all my clients and on my own social media is say, if you're still in that, oh my God, I don't know what's happening phase, that's fine because that isn't necessarily how you're running a business. That's how you particularly adapt to the environment that we're currently in and, and your ability to change and cope with that. I was quite fortunate in, in my own business because my background as COO and particularly in technology and financial services, um, that background in um, 9-11 got severely tested we were all very primed for contingency planning you know, when the world doesn't look the same so a lot of my career has been around what could happen and what can we do to counter that so for me I get there quicker because of my experience in the background and some of that has a lot to do with it as well if you, you it sounds negative to plan for things going wrong but if you don't, then you tend to stay in that temporary panic and fear situation a bit longer. And then you always feel like you're chasing the towel a bit. And actually, that whole point was what brings me on to my next thing that I wanted to talk about was it was a lot of businesses, uh, you know, that may not be med tech, you know, logistics or something, you know, especially in a sort of funding category at the moment, which may be what we call hot at the moment. There are a number of businesses that are looking at new products and new service lines and actually trying to adapt their business models. Do you think that may go actually more against them um, than be positive and actually trying to adapt what they've always been doing? And it may be more of a panic mode or is it one of those sort of, you know, those hard things that you, it really has to be a case by case basis? Um, I think there's a, a pattern there that if you're pivoting because of current situations and current context, then that to me is that short-term planning. If the pivot makes sense to your longer-term strategy, then I think it's fine. So for example, if you're um, adapting some software that was gonna do something completely different, but with multiple, uh, minimal changes, you can create something that has a use right now, then obviously that's a really great way of introducing your brand, but you have to keep the messaging of what you were originally doing. So, you know, it's getting that right now we're looking at this, but what we're actually capable of doing and delivering is this other thing. And I think it's, it's going back to that question. Like, how does it fit? Stemming from that, does that actually, it could be doing more confusion to your existing base. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like if, if you've got, so we have uh, caterers, for example, who uh, currently can't, can't do that. Okay. Um, so there's, they pivoted to distributing hot food to homeless people, or they, they're doing like meals on wheels approaches because they've got the ability to do that. Now, that's close enough to their core strategy that it doesn't confuse people, and it's fantastic PR and visibility for them 
going through, making that, that real connection between the business and the community. If you have someone who does, I know, marketing and they go and work um, delivering those meals, that's going to be confusing unless you create the narrative of what you're doing. So what we are seeing is a lot of businesses who are making quite blunt changes to what they, they're on right now. The ones that are doing it successfully are bringing their customer base with them on the journey. Yeah. So it's a really human story about really right now, what else can we do? You know, our, our original product is not necessary in this environment, but we still want to help. So this is what we're doing in the short term. So if you, if you make that explanation, then actually it can do a lot of good things to your brand. The difficulty is if you look like you're not making the connection, then your customer can't either. And do you think a lot of that connection building and connection maintenance actually goes back to companies' origins and actually how a company started up and its core values of where it is? And do, do, do you think it should be reminded to, you know, to people of why they started out and where it's got to? Is that a sort of something that people can play off? Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a business who physically can't trade right now, whether that's because you've had to furlough all your staff so there's no one to do the work, or it's just something that you physically cannot do. The difficulty with keeping that um, business going is really, you have to keep that connection going with your community. You have to just make sure that that exists. And they don't buy from you because you sell X. They buy from you because they understand what your company is about. So a great example at the moment is Timpson's, the shoe repairers. So he, um, the, the CEO of Timpson's has been on social media throughout saying, we are going to look after our staff. We are going to do this. They couldn't physically do anything, but his presence and his constant reiteration that he was going to look after the staff and make sure that everyone was safe means that now he is opening up this huge credibility for him. And that is, that is way more important than anything else at the moment. Well, it goes beyond any basic CSR initiative, I think it's fair to say as well, because exactly. I mean, it goes back to the heart of your employees and the people that drive your business. Yeah. And I know it's may not be something that everyone wants to talk about furlough, but there's going to be a lot of businesses and there are a lot of businesses that are having to use it and um, yeah. they have to go through the process as well. In terms of incentivizing teams, you know, the fact everyone's remote at the moment, what have been, would you say the best practices in terms of bringing people together and keeping that motivation there as well? Obviously, one of the difficulties with furlough is there are rules around what you can and can't do with your staff. So, um, for example, many of them won't be able to access their um, email for the company. Um, they won't be able to talk about the company on their social media yeah. because in a furlough environment, you're not technically in the company. So it, it is a strange way to do it. But I think for, for a lot of companies, it's about keeping engaged as a team. So we've seen a lot more, you know, online pub quizzes <laughs> and, you know, online. I've done a few. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure exactly. we all have. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm getting quite good at the, uh, the little dingbats uh, yeah. <laughs> emoji types. But that's, that's what you can do to actually remind your staff that you know they're there. You know, and, and, and I think sometimes because the conversation is almost always going to go to how long is this going to go on for? Is my job safe? And all those awkward questions as a business owner, you don't feel comfortable answering, particularly when you don't know the answer. 
the biggest key is to tell them you don't know the answer, yeah. but that you are going to try to do the best thing for them. You know, we, we tend to think that if we don't say anything, that gets away from the problem, but no communication is communication. So reaching out to your staff, making sure that they know that you have them in your plan somewhere and that you're going to try and make sure that however it ends, whatever happens, you, they will be treated with respect, trust, transparency and kindness. And, and at the moment, I think that's what, as human beings, we just crave, you know, just some, some straight answers <laughs> with a bit of kindness. <laughs> And uh, consistency is the main thing I think that comes from that. It's making sure they're comfortable and actually knowing that you're bringing a plan together, that there's going to be some way out of this. You know, if, even if it is negative, at least knowing they, you're fully transparent with them. Because yeah. I think what's frustrating people more than ever is just lack of information or the wrong information. Um, yeah, and we've got a lot of information. And, and the clients that I've taken on kind of during the lockdown that's probably the number one reason they have come to me <laughs> because yeah. there's just so much information out there and they just don't know how to piece it all together to make sense of it. But they're very conscious. They've got people waiting for them to know the answer. So just trying to get through some of the stuff that's out there, obviously social media, you've got a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands. So they're skimming through, uh, poorly constructed articles about what may happen that was written before even lockdown happens. Yeah. So there's just too much information out there. If your staff feel that they can come to you and say, I've heard this, what do you think? And you've got the mechanism to have an opinion, whether it's, oh, I wouldn't trust that, or I don't know, I'll find out. That gives them a sense that you, they've got a point of truth they can go to somebody and get a straight answer and, and I think that's key right now because otherwise they just they read social media and there's a lot of stuff out there that is is being designed to just antagonize people because the trolls are just as bored as the rest of us <laughs> it's it, it's it's true and it, it's, dis, it's disseminating and it's filtering what you're seeing to be able to become your own good source of what that content means yeah. And it's not really a point that I always want to touch on, but again, it's relevant. Furlough is, is financing, bridge financing. I know a lot of companies you've been working with as well, first, second round of funding, yeah. and maybe considering, say, more debt at the moment. And we've, we've seen uh, the new scheme come into place in the last few days for uh, the 50K loan, um, which is the lower you know, loan for very early stage, you know, early revenue stage companies there as well. Do you think people should be... Um, again, because you're working with a lot of industries, should be reaching out for something like that. How how are you seeing your, your sort of clients and you know base um, extending you know their finances in a nutshell? Yeah, I think we've obviously got a lot of reluctance around the loans, uh, primarily because it that, again it goes back to the lack of information. Mm. So the announcements made and then the information was backing it up and so something that sounded like it was going to be very supportive to small businesses actually when you look at the requirements for getting hold of the funding actually dismiss quite a number of businesses personal guarantees etc yeah 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 and we we have this you know the 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 small business rates review that's great but rateable value for a lot of companies is irrelevant because they don't have premises so if you're an online business that's struck off yeah. straight away, right? Um, and so 
the, the support that's there is quite specific for, for particular criteria um, and everything else has been left to these loan schemes which makes sense you know we, we can't have every business 100% supported and, and you know I think that would be a little bit ambitious for any government to actually uh, agree to but equally we need I think more control from the bank's point of view to make sure that the terms of these loans are comparable I think this morning they, they said that the Bank of England have got the banks to agree or the government sorry has, has got the banks to it? agree yeah it, yeah it's got to be three percent um the very fact that that had to be said is just baffles me but there you go um but it it makes it easier for businesses to have that conversation about what kind of financing because you know a loan with 20 30 percent interest which they don't know at the end of the day a small business owner contacting whatever financial company they're going to try and get funding from they don't know how that conversation is going to go and so they know they're on the back foot and and a lot of what we speak about is how do you go into the room slightly more knowledgeable slightly more confident that you know what questions they're going to ask you and how to answer them so i think a, a lot of it is reluctance because they just weren't sure what was actually on offer yeah. but equally it's the best opportunity is to make sure your costs and your outgoings are as lean as possible get those running costs down to the bare minimum that you can cope with you can still be an active business get them down work out if you can actually have any kind of organic funding you know it is better to sell something than to take money from someone else um, so trying to work out are there ways that you can generate your own income that at least takes some of some of the onus off having to get funding from elsewhere uh, you know putting your putting your um, plans back so maybe you were looking to launch mid-year um, does it still make sense because the market's right and so that investment that you'd be after to do that makes sense to go forward with now or does it make more sense later you know when maybe you've built up some more organic growth so there's a lot of things to bear in mind and a lot of it is that reluctance to take on a significant portion of debt a lot of financing arms at the moment because they they're not sure as well they're not offering necessarily the best terms so, you know it just makes it much more difficult and you've got a lot of people in the investment um, business at the moment looking for bargains and so when people there's a lot of sharks are, coming in PE territory for sure yeah absolutely in. absolutely and and you know it, that's happening on on the market as a whole right they've recognized that the market is low at the moment they can make some good investments that if they're there's savvy, a lot of overseas money as well coming into that so oh yes there's a lot of overseas because yeah. they can see what's happening as well and and so that doesn't necessarily mean that the investment that you get is is the best investment but it yeah. might be the only one who's prepared to offer you the money and again that has to be really clearly worked through defined yeah because they might ask for way more equity than you really want to give and you don't want to feel backed into a corner to make that make that decision absolutely no some really really interesting points there and i think to you know bring everything together if you had some top tips that you would give out at the moment for let's say you know the sme category 
um, an early stage revenue business is what would you I mean we could go on for a long time but not yet. There's, I mean there's loads of angles we could go off on this mm. but in terms of you know still bunkering down and making sure that we come out of this strong what would you say um, first just make sure those operational costs are under control you know don't hemorrhage money that you don't need to yeah. visibility is key so making sure that your customer base knows that you're still there is is paramount at the moment we're in an environment where large companies are going under they're calling in administrators so if you go off people's radar as a small business there's an assumption that you're not there anymore and so we need to factor in that you know my, my edict Business development takes between six to nine months to, to make any difference to your bottom line. So you want to be using this time to keep that visibility up. Um, it may not feel the same as the business development you used to do, but just being visible, telling people you're there is, is absolutely key. And having a flexible plan. So think of all of the different ways that lockdown might happen you know skim social media for everybody's conspiracy theory of what's what's actually going to happen as long as and, you're not reading too much <laughs> yeah not too much conspiracy but all of the the finger in the air guesses because that is literally what they are right now but look at if my business had to cope with that what would i do what would be the first things to do and the more times you can see how you would adapt the more your confidence level goes up and then it feels achievable that you can get through this. Well, I think that's a lot of good things to take away and people can mull over for sure. Um, but I really want to thank you. Really, really enjoyed this. No, and thanks a lot for joining us. If people want to find out more what you're up to and sort of get in touch, what's the best way for that? Uh, well, the website contains all the information sure. on from a services point of view. So that's leelam.co.uk. But I'm trying to make sure that social media I use myself. I, I can't exactly uh, convince other people if I don't do it. So I'm on Instagram, leelam.insta. And I also have a YouTube channel for small businesses uh, where I offer my own advice. But I also interview some small businesses on how they're getting through the lockdown. Um, the channel is literally just leelam. And uh, obviously, if there are any small businesses watching who want to be interviewed for that, just get in touch with me. I think we've flipped it a little bit here, haven't we? In terms, we of have. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I've done so many recently. <laughs> well, it's a good thing. Um, yeah. So we get a different point of view.